Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where we'll discover more about Downhouse School. Whether you're new to the community or an old friend, we'll be delving deeper, sharing stories and finding out what it really means to be a pupil at Downhouse. In our second series, we'll continue to explore the Downhouse DNA, and this time we'll be talking to the pupils themselves. In this episode, we take creativity, and our host, Simon Jones, talks to Antonia and Dana from the Upper Sixth. Antonia and Dana, thank you both for being here today and featuring on an episode of the Downhouse podcast. How are you both doing today? Yeah, thanks. It's lovely to be here. I'm doing great today. I've had a full day of lessons, but yeah, it's been good. I actually received some quite good news this morning, which I'm sure we can talk about later. Um, I'm dying to know what this is already. You've got to tell us. I was accepted into Merton for a choral scholarship. Obviously, Ooh. that's conditional on the academic place, uh, but I'm, I'm really pleased about that because it was my first choice college. That's very, very good. Congratulations. You're hearing it here live on this podcast episode. Uh, do you need a certain amount of grades in order to get that, though? Yes. So the offer for Oxford is uh, for music, which is what I'm applying for, is three A's. And I'm going in with three A stars in my predicted grades, but it's obviously going to come down to the interview and whether I get one. Excellent. Well, that's very, very good. So uh, congratulations on that. Dana, tell us how your day's been looking so far today. My days are a bit less exciting than Antonia's. But yes, I had a full day of lesson, but the weather wasn't too great today. But yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so it is a little bit rainy here today. Tell me what life is like at Downhouse when it's raining. It just carries on as usual, I guess. Uh, nothing, you know, sports, they don't get cancelled. You know, we play through the rain. It's all a bit of fun, actually. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you for that, Dana. Now, tell me where some of your favourite places are around the school site, kind of the places you like to hang out and be with friends, whether it's inside or outside, whether it's a sunny day or a rainy day like today. Although I do really enjoy hanging out with people in the indoor spaces, it's it's really the the outdoor spaces that I that I love the most. The woods that surround the school grounds are just lovely to have a have a walk in. And I also recently discovered the memorial garden behind the chapel, which is a really nice quiet spot to sit and have some time alone. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. Dana, where are your favourite places around school? If it's a sunny day, probably outside of Willis House. Uh, they sometimes they put chairs out so you can just sit and sunbathe and have a chat. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. That really does. Okay, now in this episode, we're going to be talking about creativity, and it'd be great to understand a bit more about how you see creativity in and around school life doing the A levels that you're doing. So, Dana, first of all, could you just tell us about the A levels that you're doing, which ones you're doing, and maybe why you're doing those as well? So, I do quite an odd combination, I'd say. I do maths, biology, photography, and I've completed an EPQ last year. So I guess I chose to do this combination of subjects because it shows kind of me being an all-rounded person uh, with the math and biology more data and statistics and photography more, photography more creative and then EPQ as like an essay base, um, writing essay project. So yeah, that was my thought process when applying. So <laughs> I see, right. Tell me a bit more about photography because if we're talking about creativity, you can't really not talk about photography in that sense. So, so tell me a little bit more about why you do that, how you feel when you do that, and how that's a creative outlet for you as well. So I actually did art for GCSE, and then I was contemplating of doing art for A-levels. Um, but then 
I thought about it and I decided not to. So I chose photography instead, which some would think as an easy subject, but actually there's a lot that goes into it. Having to plan, you know, your photo shoots and having to actually complete them and editing to them and everything. It's it's a lot more work than you think and a lot more writing, actually. But photography in during my week, it actually is a great, uh, I guess, a, a break in my week or my day. People who take three, four A-levels, even like academic subjects, like it can come across quite, it's quite a heavy day. Whilst I'm very happy with my schedule because photography allows me that break in my day and just for me to have some fun and do what I love. And when you're not studying for A-levels and maybe you're with friends at the weekend or you've got a bit of time on your own, is that a good chance for you to take your own photographs, things outside of your studies for for A-level photography? Yes, I do do a bit of that. I love just kind of doing a bit of street photography if I'm out in London. But I also do a lot of painting and drawing. I have a small, I guess you can call it a business, doing custom shoe painting. Um, So sometimes I work on some designs and stuff like that. (laughs) Okay, I think we need to unpack this a bit more. It's shoe painting and it's a small business as well. I'm dying to know a bit more about this. Well, it's it's not actually business, but I do uh, make a bit of money from it and I uh, donate some profit to charity. Uh, it started during the summer of the first COVID lockdown. Um, I was back home in Hong Kong and I I guess I was quite bored and I decided, I saw some really cool air forces on the internet. They were customised, so I... I was like, you know what, I can do that myself instead of paying a ridiculous amount of money. So I gave it a go and it turned out all right. And then I just looked further into it, you know, bought the right materials and just started to um, paint for my friends and, you know, people who, I guess, come and contact me and stuff. <laughs> wow, awesome. And do you have these available online for other people to buy or is it just for your friends? Is, is this like a private gallery that people can, can go and see and buy? I have... And I guess an Instagram page and I'm trying to set up, you know, uh, Depop's like a platform where they sell sort of custom and clothings and everything. Um, so no, they're, they're available to everyone. So if you do want to buy a pair, you can contact me. <laughs> okay, so I need to ask what this Instagram page is then. Let's have this. It's at uh, C-H-Y dot K-R-E-A-T-Z Chai Creates. Excellent. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes as well. So there's a good example of entrepreneurship and creativity in one. Antonia, let's see if you can beat that because that that, that to me sounds pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to to beat that. But my A-levels are maths, music, German and Latin, which are a pretty odd combination, I would say. But my, my real love is music and I spend a lot of my time during the week doing music in, in choirs and in orchestras. I'm a member of the uh, both the auditioned and non-auditioned choirs of the school and both uh, sort of senior and junior orchestras. So m- music really is what I love doing and it's what I'm applying for at university next year. So, And do you sing alto? Yes, I do sing alto. In my opinion, uh, altos are superior to sopranos, but but that might just be uh, my own personal bias. <laughs> Tell me why you think altos are are superior. I mean, to be fair, altos do get more interesting uh, melodies to sing for sure. It, it sort of depends what you're singing. Sometimes we can sort of be stuck on the one note, but I, I do love sort of being in the middle of the texture and and not having the pressure or the responsibility of hitting those high notes. <laughs> So tell me about some of the favourite pieces of music you've sung in the past. 
My favorite pieces of music I've probably encountered when I was part of the National Youth Training Choir. I attended their summer residential course uh, this year and I really loved the, the variety of music we were able to sing. So we sung some uh, Indian music and Indian Raja, which I'd never been exposed to before, which was really fascinating. And then we sung some Scandinavian music. Uh, we sung some, some really early music, some talis. And then we also sung a piece of music that had been composed this year in Welsh, actually. So there was a huge variety of music. And, and I also got to meet lots of people who have you know, similar interest in singing. So it was it was really lovely to be a part of. Wow, so there's, there's some good variety there and clearly some different languages going on, including Welsh. Uh, I don't think many people will have sung in Welsh, and, uh, apart from Welsh people listening to this, of course. But tell me about your favourite languages to sing in, because um, I'm guessing the talis was in Latin, was that right? Uh, and so tell me about how you feel when you're singing these different languages, which language you prefer, um, whether that's English or, or one of the others? So, although English is probably easiest to sing in because you have the benefit of understanding that as your native language, I definitely don't think it's the prettiest sounding language or even the most expressive. You'd probably consider Italian as one of the more expressive languages. I've, I've sung songs in Italian and it's got those lovely open vowel sounds which really lends itself to singing and voice writing. But I also really love the challenge of singing in languages that aren't familiar to me. I particularly enjoyed the Scandinavian piece we sang on the National Youth Training Choir course. Um, it was actually in Old Finnish, but I, I really loved the sort of vowel sounds as that was a sort of completely different sort of vowel sounds that you use in English. So that was, that was really interesting to, to learn and to sing. And any Russian in there as well? Any um, Rachmaninoff at all? Anyone like that? Uh, no, I'm afraid not. I, I've never encountered uh, singing in Russian, but I, I'd love to have a go. <laughs> and you also play the cello, is that right? Yes, I play the cello, the piano and the organ. <laughs> and which of those do you enjoy playing the most, would you say? That's a really tough question. I The answer I used to give uh, was the cello purely because you can play with other people. It's much more difficult to, to play in an ensemble with, with a piano or an organ, they're obviously not impossible. But at the moment, I would probably say the organ. I'm, I'm working towards my grade, eight, my grade eight at the moment. And I just love the power that you can create with the instrument. You can pull out all the stops, literally. It's, it's where the saying comes from. And, and just sort of let rip. And it, it's a really great feeling. Do you have one of these in school that you can play on a regular basis? Yes, we do. We have two organs in school, one in our chapel and one in our performing arts centre. And they're, they're both great organs, uh, both electric, which is actually a blessing in disguise because they, they can't break manually. Uh, lots of organs in churches often have sort of quirks and bits that don't work, but, but the electric organs are, are great because, because they can't break, essentially. Um, so, yeah, we have two organs, which I play quite regularly I would say. So that must be a very fortunate thing then to have two organs here in school that you can play um, outside of school in different cathedrals around the UK that there are different organs have you had the chance to play 
an organ anywhere else outside of school life before? Yes, absolutely. My old organ teacher who worked here um, is assistant organist at Winchester Cathedral and I've had the opportunity to play that organ, which was fabulous. It has uh, four manuals and there are sort of five sets of organ pipes in the building, which is just fabulous. And when, when you get to a space like that, you really are playing the building instead of the instrument, which is something you have to get used to, but it's, it's really fascinating to explore and... I've also had the chance to play uh, sort of lots of different organs around where I live. Over lockdown, it was a challenge to to find an organ to practice on. So I sort of went from church to church, uh, trying trying to find somewhere to practice. And a couple of years ago, I also uh, went on uh, a Cambridge Organ Experience Day where they opened all the college chapels and you're allowed to just go in and have a play on the organ. So I got the chance to play the organ at King's College, Cambridge, which is sort of a bucket list item. So that was really fun. Now, I love this concept of playing the building as opposed to just playing the organ. Tell me how you feel when you're playing something like that. It's sort of indescribable, which I know is very unhelpful. It's sort of the most the most amazing feeling. You can just sort of let go and express yourself and sort of nothing else matters in that moment it's it's just sort of you and the music and the instrument and you can just sort of let yourself wallow in it particularly if it's a lovely big acoustic uh so yeah that sounds very impressive that really does and that's something i wish i could do as well dana tell me a little bit about this art foundation that you're applying for uh, so, yeah, I'm applying for an art foundation, hopefully at Kingston University next year. Actually, Down has been very instrumental in helping me, I guess, find my creative path, because before Down, I've actually never really done anything artsy or creative. But when I came to Down House, we had compulsory art lessons. Some people would say they were a bit of a nightmare, but I actually really enjoyed them. And we got to try with everything. There was pottery making, because we have um, kilns and etc. And I guess from there, you know, with the teacher's kind of encouragement and support, I really did find my love for creatives and for art. And then, yeah, so here I am now. Art Foundation next year, I'm hoping to experiment with everything. I haven't done a lot with, um, I guess, 3D sculpturing or 2D spaces and graphic design, etc. So an Art Foundation hopefully allows me to find what I want to specialise in. So I guess after you've found what you want to specialise in, then you'll be able to spend more time just on that thing, whether it's graphic design or 2D or 3D or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. I guess I am leaning more towards something not technology-based. It does really hurt my eyes. But um, yeah, um, I have to see and figure out what I want to do, yeah. <laughs> so when you say not technology-based, what kinds of things could that be then? I like manly making things putting things together I don't know making collages taking pictures but less of um sort of using photoshop to build things together and put things together I find that it's it's fun when you start doing it and then you're two hours in and you realize you don't actually want that and then you have to start again and it's all a bit stressful (laughs) I see I see and Dana tell us a little bit about why you think creativity is so important in school life. I mean, we we understand, everybody understands, I think, that academic success is an important factor of school life. And I think a lot of people probably think about that before they think about creativity. But tell me why you feel creativity is such an important thing. Like, as you said, definitely 
I think a lot of people, most people have a focus on academic successes and, you know, a lot of focus on how your academics can turn out. But I don't know, for, for me, creative, it has always been in the background, but only very recently I've found it as what I want to do for the rest of my lives, my life. And I don't know, I just feel like create being creative and creating things, creative things cannot be replaced. I guess in a really harsh way, you know, AI is taking over a lot of things and a lot of jobs might be jobs might be lost, etc. But being creative is something that is very human and through it you can express so much it's just, you know, as powerful as, you know, any research or journal that's written. You can tackle so many things with creative pieces and what you produce and you make. That's really interesting to hear. Antonia, uh, Dana just mentioned about AI. Do you think there's a threat that, that AI could start to take some of these things like uh, playing an organ in a cathedral or something like that? Well, it could certainly do the mechanical aspects of that in theory, but there's a certain expression that comes with playing an instrument or, or creating a painting or hearing a piece of music that that just can't be created by computers. And it, I guess it's to do with the human experience, which is fundamentally human, which can't be created by a computer. I've seen recently in the news that Beethoven's 10th symphony, his, his unfinished symphony, is due to be premiered uh, later on this month. It, it might already be out by the time this, this podcast is out, actually, but it's been written by AI based on Beethoven's sketches, so I haven't yet heard it, but it's going to be interesting to take a listen to because it, it might be sort of a real marker for how effective AI might or might not be in... Um, tackling the creatives so do you think Beethoven's 10th will be as good as his ninth or as good as the as the famous fifth or the pastoral sixth who knows I mean only time will tell I doubt it personally I'm not sure how you can top his ninth with sort of the the epic uh, choir that sort of comes in halfway through singing ode to joy so I'm not sure we'll have to see Antonia tell me how you see creativity playing out around school life everyday school life here at Down. So lots of people would say that creativity uh, offers you a break from academics, which I certainly think is true. But I, I also think it it not only offers a break, but allows you to to be more productive in those in that academic time because it's you're working a completely different part of your brain. It's completely different. And then by by giving yourself that break, I think you come back to the academic side of things um, more refreshed, more perhaps more aware of different things and um, having sort of worked a different part of your brain and sort of more ready to go than perhaps if you'd have just um, taken a break and, and not done something creative. So in that sense, I think creative creativity is is actually really necessary to to sort of achieving good results academically. Creativity is also really important in sort of bringing the school community together, be it sort of just singing a hymn in chapel or um, sort of uh, going to choir with, with lots of different year groups. My, the majority of my friend group has certainly been formed actually through choir, so I think creativity is also really important in bringing people together. Also, um, to further on what Tony said, we have house art if every two years I believe and every house mixed stage houses um, they have to come together and 
paint on this massive mural and that gets uh, judged by judges. And and then, yeah, they get um, points to the houses and that adds up to the points at the end of the year and see which house comes first. So that really does, like Tony says, bring the whole school together. That's amazing. And that concept of different year groups all singing together in a choir, all singing together in chapel, it does sound like a perfect way to have mass creativity throughout all parts of school life. Now, I've got a couple of quick questions just for the pair of you. Actually, nothing to do with school life, nothing to do with creativity. In fact, similar questions to the questions that we asked on the last podcast to Poppy and Tumai. So I'm going to ask, first of all, if you could go to any gig, go and see any band or any singer, um, or, or see any performance of any work, let's put it that way, let's open it up a little bit, what would you go and see? It could be anything from Reading Festival, or it could be anything from from Mozart let's let's start with you Antonia I I do have an answer to this one it is a classical answer but a bucket list item for me is definitely the last night of the proms uh, that atmosphere that you see on TV in the Royal Albert Hall is definitely something I'd like to be a uh, part of at some day probably not in the near future but but someday I would definitely like to go and see that I'm certain that one day you will did you go to any of the proms this year at all Yes, I did. I was actually fortunate enough to go to three proms. I went and saw um, Shostakovich's ninth, which I actually enjoyed far more than I thought I would. Um, I saw a performance by the Marianne consort in the Cadogan Hall, um, singing sort of early music by Josca, and that was absolutely beautiful. And then finally, probably the most fun one, I saw um, the, the Golden Age of Broadway prom in the Royal Albert Hall, which was just so much fun to be at. What were some of the numbers on the Golden Age of Broadway then? It was uh, mainly Rodgers and Hammerstein, things from Oklahoma, The Sound of Music, uh, South Pacific. It was really good fun and great to sing along to. Fantastic. Dana, how about you? <laughs> it put me on the spot there, but probably going a different direction from Tony's answer and say some pop singers concert. Um, top of my head, probably Post Malone's on my bucket list. Um, I do enjoy good concert and the music festival. So Post Malone, you can't go wrong with a bit of Post Malone. <laughs> and then last question, you can go on holiday anywhere in the world and take three of your friends with you. I'm not going to ask which friends you're taking, but where would each of you go? Dana, I'm going to ask you to go first on this one. I think right now, holiday destination would be, actually would be Hong Kong, where I'm actually from. Um, I haven't managed to been back to go back in the past year and a bit now, so I haven't um, seen my family and uh, my friends. So it would be it would be good to be back. I think. Yeah, I love that. So I say you can take three friends with you, and actually you're going to go to your friends from back home in Hong Kong. That's a really nice answer. I think lovely as you know, beaches and and warm warm sunny skies are. I would probably actually say somewhere in the UK, somewhere like um, the Peak District or the Lake District. Maybe I've been inspired by my uh, recent Gold DV expedition, but that was actually really quite beautiful. And although it was really, uh, really quite hard when it came to the walking and the camping, um, the views and the sort of atmosphere um, up there we were in, uh, the Brecon Beacons, was, was just incredible. And I'd love to go back, though maybe without the... 12 kilogram rucksack <laughs> excellent uh, but also any t any time you do anything that's quite hard work it's always nice to look back on it knowing that you've achieved that dana and antonia thank you very much for your, for your time it's been great talking to you finding out what life is like here 
at Downhouse through the eyes of two year 13s. Uh, thank you for giving up your time here tonight. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. So that was Antonia and Dana talking about creativity at Downhouse, how it translates into their worlds of music, art and photography. Thank you to both of you for coming on to this episode of the podcast. If you have any questions following anything you've heard from them, then do feel free to contact the school directly. You can visit www.downhouse.net to find out more. Now, the next episode of this series is going to be on aspiration. So make sure you tune back in to hear that one. I know you won't be disappointed. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you get future notifications. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.